Welcome to Crackin' One Open with Mike. And Elise. I'm Mike. And I guess that makes me Elise. Nope. That also makes you what? Mike. That's right. Wait. What? Yeah, can we get Elise here to do the show? Come on, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you're Elise. Okay, good. Yep. I just wanted to You had me you doubting myself there right? for a minute. It's like a Twilight Zone you're episode right there. Very <laughs> convincing. Thought, I, I thought I could get you. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> what are we talking about today? We are cracking open Second Life, an American wild sour ale, which comes to us from Area 2 Experimental Brewing, and that is located right next to Two Roads Brewing Company in Stratford, Connecticut. And we've definitely mentioned Area 2 before in relation to Two Roads, which has basically been the biggest like go-to source for all the beer we love <laughs> since it's opening back in 2012 <laughs> obviously because we find some way to mention it in like 90 percent of our episodes and i'm being conservative with that estimate to be fair we live in southern connecticut <laughs> it is the biggest brewery around here and it's one of the only breweries around here that also sells and distributes nationwide it's true so any of our listeners who listen in california in new york new jersey can actually Washington, go and Tennessee, pick it up. can actually go and pick them up yeah that's true um, so Two Roads philosophy on brewing and life, I guess, in general, is to take the road less traveled. So they've been making weird and experimental beer pretty much since the beginning. And with their Tanker Truck series really taking off after the release of Geyser Goza, which was featured in episode five. And Ooh. you should go back and take a listen after you finish this episode. My favorite beer of all time. Yep. <gasps> So far. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And that was what I assumed to be what really cemented the idea with them that they needed a second facility where they could just go to town on bigger batches of experimental beer. Oh, yeah. It's like take the road less traveled. If, if two roads is taking the road less traveled, area two went, yo, guys, under this brush, <laughs> there's some dirt path. You want to walk down it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They needed an area two, especially considering the sour beers requires such a strictly maintained environment. Don't want to get that bacteria in your regular beer. Yeah. So according to brewmaster Phil Markowski, quote, Area 2 is a brewery of boundless experimentation, meaning that they will continue to innovate, redefine, and stretch the definition of beer. Ooh. So Area 2 focuses on barrel-aged uh, Lambic-style sour beers, beers aged in barrels that are obtained from distilleries or wineries or other sources, as well as beers um, that are, sparta that are <laughs> spontaneously fermented from local airborne yeast, which, as a side note, is how one of my favorites from Two Roads, Urban Funk, got its start um, when they collected wild yeast right either during or right after Hurricane Sandy. And for those of you listeners who might not know, Hurricane Sandy hit our shores particularly hard here in Connecticut. So it apparently stirred up some really like unique, they call it a one of a kind stew of <laughs> wild yeasts. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, totally appealing, right? <laughs> but how do they keep getting it then? Because they delicious. put urban funk out year after year. Because they're able to keep that just like... um. All the, the sourdough starters, oh, you and keep, keep that yeast bit. and it just keeps feeding. You you only take a little bit at a time and then you keep feeding the, the mother, quote unquote. Oh. Yeah. But back to area two. 
Um, so they also age beer in large wooden tanks known as fooders for as long as two years to deliver the unique characteristics found in these highly complex beers. Which brings us to Second Life. Here's the official description of it from the brewery. Quote, we took the black raspberries from our black raspberry lambic and the Montmorency sour cherries from our creek and gave them life. Well, a second life, that is. Uh, <laughs> I see what they did there. Right. We combined the fruit in a fooder with a two, two-year-old experimental brew unique to Area 2. After eight more months of aging, this wild beer is the ultimate sour experience of black raspberry, sour cherry, and funk. Uh, Second Life is so sour in a whole new way and so dang delicious. Puckering, yes, but it's still extremely lush with fruit flavors from black raspberries and cherries. A slight funk from the experimental base, base brew adds complexity in a way that complements the acidity and keeps it from becoming too one note. Uh, it has a glowing red slash purple color that is truly vibrant and matches the electrifying look of the label. End quote. Ooh. So just for reference, Frambois Noir, which is the black raspberry lambic style sour, uh, was aged in wine barrels for 20 months. It pours a deep purple color and is a full of funk and oak balanced by the tart, fragrant essence of black raspberries and creek was made using sour cherries which is an homage to the famous <sighs> i i don't even know if i should attempt this <laughs> yeah do it sharbisbixa creeken s c h a i r b e e k s e oh give me a try i want to try this sounds fun it's underlined in red because word doesn't recognize it sharbixa <laughs> Sharbixa Creekin. Sharbixa Creekin. Yeah, I'm, that's, I'm banking on that. All right. A variety grown in Belgium. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the base beer was blended with these cherries into oak barrels and aged for 18 months to achieve the right balance of sourness and cherry-like tartness. So the bases of those beers are kind of like the parents of Second Life. Okay. 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 So... What the F is a fooder? <laughs> that was the title of one of the articles that I found. So nice. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So first off, fooders are traditionally more common in winemaking for fermenting and storing. But brewers have adopted them for a bunch of different styles of beer from fruity Belgian lambics to salty German gozas and American wild ales. And it opens up a lot of other possibilities, too. And basically, a fooder is an oversized barrel. But more specifically, the difference between just a, a big old barrel and a fooder is that a fooder is at least 160 gallons, which is about three times the size of an average oak barrel. So that's part of the appeal of having a fooder in your brewery, too, rather than having a bunch of oak barrels taking up real estate for months and months at a time. It makes more sense to brew everything in one bigger batch one giant barrel and occupy less floor space for that amount of time oh for sure yeah which area two has some ginormous yeah fooders yep and their fooders all look like old school barrels too which is really cool yep <laughs> um but another important thing is how the barrel is constructed it requires a specially trained team of food food dreers 
<laughs> to work together uh, in order to complete the construction over a period of weeks or even sometimes months, depending on how big the vessel is. And the wood has to be cut a certain way to preserve the grain while avoiding knots in the wood. Um, it's usually more ovular or cylindrical than the standard barrel shape that you see in your head. But mm -hmm. it's also not something that you're moving very often like a barrel. Um, so the awkward shape is it doesn't Fine. matter. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that the walls of the vessel are super thick compared to an oak barrel. Um, along with the unique tank-like features, usually the, the top will come off. It's big enough for a person to fit inside to be able to clean. And it has the, the spigot at the end. So you're not, stuff is only coming out. You're not exposing everything. Um, but this limits the exposure that can spoil the beer. Right. Um, it causes the bacteria inside to make acetic acid, otherwise known as vinegar. Or the main ingredient in vinegar. So it's you don't want oxygen to get in. Yes. Okay. Because that causes the bacteria to create vinegar rather than souring the beer. Yum for me. Yuck for you. <laughs> I mean, that's how Two Roads did a vinegar beer. They did. Philsomic. Oh, that's disgusting. You didn't like it, but I did. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, considering I really hate vinegar. Yeah. Especially balsamic vinegar, which yeah, is what it was. That is. <laughs> Let me re I like malt vinegar. I don't like balsamic. Yes. So on a kind of related note, what's cool is that the beer in the fooder becomes almost like a mother, which I mentioned before. You hear it more in reference to like apple cider vinegar or making bread. And so it becomes a kind of wood aged sour core. Oh, OK. I get what you're saying. OK. Yeah. So you can continuously add one or two inches of beer to the top of the fooder so that you have this very sour base and then you can blend it with fruit beers or beer that's been fermented in whiskey barrels or cognac barrels or wit or tequila barrels. Anything that's going to give you more complex, like layered notes. And because there's always that start of sour, the rest of the beer is going to sour a lot quicker. Yep, exactly. Um, so being able to maintain, quote unquote, perfect conditions for your bacteria in the fooder is crucial for sour beer. One of the articles that I found said, quote, a fooder is basically an oxygen free zoo for your favorite wild yeast and bacteria. And the brewers are the friendly bearded zookeepers. <laughs> and one last fun fact, the world's largest fooder belongs to the brewers of the aperitif beer. In France, it's no longer operative, but it once held up to one million liters Dang. and required 200 trees over the course of 18 years to complete. Is it still like there, though? It's there. It's just not being used. That's like they kept it awesome. as just like a showpiece. Uh, yeah. Why'd they stop using it? Too old? I, uh, they, they, Did it say like how the old it was? didn't say. Oh, it's interesting. So can I have a fooder? <laughs> uh let, let's go ask andy how much the, theirs was at dockside because he was super stoked to get yeah, it <laughs> this was interesting though because his didn't look like i know two roads it looks like what you described where it's mm -hmm. like the old school barrel and stuff mm -hmm. andy's looked a little bit more modern kind of like yeah it was smaller it was more cylindrical still wooden yeah and i from all of the articles that I read to gather this information, some of them looked like the ones that we saw at dockside and some of them looked like the ones that we see at area two so I guess it all depends. There's also, maybe it depends on where you get it because 
most commonly fooders are built in Europe. You can get them in the United States, but there's very, very few people who construct it. Mm -hmm. So it might be harder to get a hold of. I wonder how you transport a fooder all the way from Europe to the States. Good question. It's got to be probably, you got to ship it in a freight because yeah. it's probably already constructed. Probably then, like Operation Dumbo Drop. Oh my God. <laughs> it's probably cost so much just to get it delivered. Yeah. Not to mention buy it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure they're all custom. Oh, for sure. Because why would you just like build them in mass? <laughs> anyway, are you ready for uh, a second life? I am ready for a second life. Oh, you meant the beer. Beep, boop, 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 boop. All right, time to crack it open. <laughs> oh, why do I suck? Uh, my bottle opened with no. My bottle opened with no sound whatsoever. Oh, just pretend it was there. <laughs> there you go, guys. There you go. Mark it. Save it. So good at bottle sounds. <laughs> oh, look at that color. Ah, it's even got pink foam. This is a beautiful beer. So it is a a ruby red, but it's got like a little bit of brown in it that kind of like fades it almost like it's... Mm, I'd say it leans purple. Mm. Yeah, but check out the bottom of your glass when the sun hits it though. Yeah, it's red. That's some ruby red, yo. Mm -hmm. It does get darker as it goes up the glass for sure. Yeah. It's not as carbonated as I thought it would be, but then again, not a lot of sours technically... No, the um, the pear lambic wasn't heavily carbonated. So as soon as you put your nose to it, you get oh, the fruits. Wow! But you get a lot of yeast. Yes, it is yeast. It is it's up gonna in be here. funky, or at least judging by the smell, yeah. it's gonna be funky. <laughs> it's very indicative of area two beers, though. They get mm -hmm. a lot of that funk up the top yeah. because they do a lot of stuff in these barrel aged beers with, like you said, the the wild yeast and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of that. And this is Second Life is made of two of their other area two beers, basically. So yeah. I'm very excited. It's gonna pucker me. I'm like puckering. Just in thinking about it. And yeah, I love I'm, that. Let's just dive right in. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh, that is that really is puckering. Feel that jaw clench. But in, in a good way, in the best way. I love that. Oh wow. This is why I love to go to area two, because I can get the most sourest, like the just such sour. Oh, that like teeth clenching. It gets like, you right ugh. there. This is like it's like Sour, sour Patch, yeah, adults. Sour Patch Kids don't hold a candle to this. I've never thought Sour Patch Kids were sour in the way that like a warhead would be. Yeah, that's true. This would be like more like a warhead gets you. Yes. And even then. Not as much. Not as much. This <laughs> is like a tangy is... cranberry juice, I guess. I... Because it hits you more in the back. Yeah. But I love it. We talk about it not being carbonated, but when you take the sip... It is. There's a million billion little tiny bubbles. That hit your tongue. It's true. In a really great way. There's just not the the head, like a head that you would expect when you pour it. Right. And if you look through the glass, which is pretty hazy, even though it's it's a red kind of color. Um, but you still can't, even if you look at it where the light is, you really can't see a lot of bubbles. You can only see it on the very sides. Like, look at this little stream of bubbles coming up here. Yeah, but they're very small. Yeah. I I feel like it's an appropriate amount of carbonation. Like I, if it was more carbonated than this, now that I'm actually tasting it, I feel like it would be overwhelming. 
Oh yeah, the millions of little bubbles are perfect for this because mm-hmm. it adds to that kind of sour candy. Make no mistake, what's awesome about beer is the fancier you get in terms of beer, the more like a candy it is, the more like a snack <laughs> it becomes. <laughs> Which is different for me for wines because at least the way I like wines is I like them as bitter as possible. That's true. Which is also true for beer for me because I do like a really bitter IPA. You like like dry, fruity, smoky beer um, wines. Wines, yeah. When I like my beers, I like beer in so many different ways. But for some reason, I really do gravitate if it's a fancy beer for going for something that's like an aged mm-hmm. sour like this, where it's just like, oh, got to pucker it up. It's really sweet. But like, that's the thing is like, as I'm drinking this, that's I'm more all about the experience of the beer than the taste. Mm-hmm. I really, I really got to dive in again and get some taste going. I love when when I'm taking a sip and I look straight down into the bottom of the glass, how red it gets. Ruby, ruby red. That color is just beautiful. So you do get a little bit of a cherry flavor. I feel like you get more of the tartness of the cherry with the flavor of the raspberry. Neither of us are huge cherry fans. Mm. So I feel like this is a a good balance of the two. Well, like the cherry is not overwhelming in any way. The cherry that this is based on in the creek, I actually don't mind the creek. I kind of like the creek. That this is based on, that, mm-hmm. where they got the cherries from. Uh, the Black Raspberry Synopsis, or Black Raspberry Synopsis, obviously, I love. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the Black Raspberry Lambic, mm-hmm. which I loved as well. I don't know if I'm getting as much of that Black Raspberry, though. I'm really getting a lot of that cherry on that note. Oh. In like a good way. I guess a little bit of the berry. I think the tartness comes from the berry more than the cherry. But I have so few cherries who I, <laughs> I really don't. Like cherries are tart? All right. I really hate them so much. I really try to avoid them at all costs, usually. In terms of eating them. But I do enjoy the way they kind of blend together and they both create this beer that's very indicative, like I said, of all Area 2 beers. Yes. Like funky yeast. If you handed me this beer and asked me where it was from, I could probably guess Area 2. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that before. There are certain beers or places where you like, you have a beer, even a blind taste test. You'd be like, all right, that's from there. This is from here. They have their own signature style and the signature taste. Yeah. And that's definitely indicative of... I love the word indicative, apparently. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Area two, uh, at two at the Two Roads campus, because it's really the only place you're going to get these old style Lambic kind of farmhouse beers, which yeah. I guess that's Phil's specialty. Le- he literally wrote the book on farmhouse ales. Exactly. <laughs> uh, which is why this is perfect. Uh, I will say I will need a heartburn pill after this because... You're you. I'm me. And this, <laughs> if anybody is susceptible to heartburn, man, these beers cause some heartburn. Yep. But I drink them all the time anyway. I don't care. Yep. I just take my little pill. Um, I don't know how much of the funky yeast I get on the tongue. It's mostly on the nose. And then I really get all those fruity kind of soury and sweet notes. See, I, I can taste the funk, but I think because I love urban funk so much. <laughs> but you're right. It is more downplayed in favor of the the fruit. Yeah. Because when you drink urban funk, that smell that you get at the top is what you're drinking. Yeah. And this, yeah, I'm I'm getting a lot of fruit, but good for you getting some of that funk. <laughs> well, you know, I do get a little bit of the funk on the uh, on the back of the tongue at the end. Way after it's a long evolution. <laughs> yeah, I get a little bit of it, but not much. Mostly that fruitiness, but this is fantastic. It really is. They need to start mixing and matching more of their uh, area two concoctions. Mm-hmm. This is so good. It's so sweet. It's actually not as 
I mean, it's still puckering, but it's not as that burning kind of sour, that acidic. It's not as acidic as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. It's still very acidic, but it's, I think, a little less than actually a lot of Area 2 beers in terms of like my tolerance for it, at least. Okay. What what beer from them would you say is like more acidic than this? Ugh. Their lambics really are seem to really get me. Yeah. The synopsis sometimes, the fruity ones, the lambics, I think, more than anything. But yeah, this one doesn't have that kind of end burn going down as you'd get with those other beers. Most of the beers up front. Who knows? That's fair. So I guess I'll talk about the bottle now while I'm drinking this. There you go. So they got a really dope bottle. Yeah, they do. First of all, these things come in pint-sized bottles that are really cool kind of collector's items almost. Yeah. Um, this is actually a limited edition beer, but it's a limited edition beer that they've made more of than usual. So they actually have it on draft at the brewery if you can get the two roads. They do have a hop yard where they are taking reservations, and they actually opened up some of their inside brewery for reservations as well. Just but be they- aware that you have to buy food. <clears throat> yes. But the... So they have it on tap and they have it bottles, but they have a lot more bottles than usual. So what's cool about this bottle is you get a little limited edition sign on the end. Yep. Above the... uh, Your handwritten assigned number. My bottle is number 53. Elise is drinking out of a 55. I don't know what happened to 54. Uh, That's probably Oh, that's right. In the fridge. I bought four bottles. (laughs) Because that's how I roll. (laughs) Um... The bottle itself, so they took the name Second Life, and whoever's their marketing guy was like, oh, Second Life, like that video game MySpace thing. Mm -hmm. So they kind of themed it video game-like. So Area 2, the symbol is actually, the whole bottle is like yellow, an almost neon-type blue, and a poppin' pink. It's it's almost like they took primary colors and made them lean just a little bit more blue-neon. That's fair. Yep. And the symbol for area two is, is the two roads hand for the two roads you can go on. Mm-hmm. Only they're in a spiral. And in this case, instead of the fancy two that's in the middle, it is a digital, really <laughs> a like Atari pixelated, 2400 yeah. two. Something done with the, the line thing and paint, <laughs> Microsoft paint. Uh, and then coming down from it's just this really cool border, almost Pac-Man-esque of, of dots and blue lines coming down around and bordering the word second life, which is also done like it was made on Atari 2600 only with an orange backdrop to give it a little bit of a 2d or 3d pop pop. And the O in the word second is done like a coin with the digital two in the center because (laughs) two roads area two. A lot of it is about two and there's two raspberries on the left side of the logo and two cherries on the right side. I done love that. Exactly like if it was a Pac-Man cherry and, yep. and raspberry, which is really, really cool. The whole thing is written in the main points are written in blue. And some of the other popping words are that popping pink. Obviously, it's two words brewing company, Stratford, Connecticut, American wild sour ale with black raspberry and cherry. Level up your sour game. And I won't read that because that's word for word what Elise already read from the website. Yep. But they get that description on the left, the made in Connecticut kind of a thing where you can recycle it, government warning. Below that is a little picture of their area two brewery, which is cool because they used to do that on their, uh, oh, or they yeah. do that on their area one, their main two roads area. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is the first one I've noticed where on area two, they have a drawing of area two on that. And that's done like, it's almost like a ribbon around the bottom of the bottle, which is really cool. And I really like the gold tape around the top. It really gives you this feeling like you're drinking something fancy. Yeah. Ooh, man, that's good. 
It is. <laughs> and I I don't know if it's my taste buds adjusting to the sour or if it kind of opens up after a while just because of the nature of the the shape of the glass, the tulip glass. But it, it almost seems like it's getting a little bit sweeter. Not sweeter, but less sour. I can see that. That seems to happen to a lot of the sour beers as they, as you keep drinking them. Mm-hmm. I think the the sourness is like at that initial woof. <laughs> and then it oxygenates kind of like wine and the tannins. Yeah. Oh, it's like a sweet, sour, tangy candy. I love it. So good. Very enjoyable. All right. So. Mm. I'm just sipping away. Yeah, that's all I got. This is a fantastic <laughs> beer. Get it now while you can. I don't think that they've opened the Area 2 facility yet. I think everything is happening on, like they're serving Area 2 beers on the Oh yeah, they're moving them over to regular Area 2. They're moving them over to the Two Roads campus for for sure. Just to keep everything easy and simple. Yeah. Area 2 is also, the the brewery itself and the tap room is much more close-knit. That's true. Although they have a rooftop bar, which I'm surprised they haven't opened. But I guess that's just to dissuade people from being inside as well. Yeah. So yeah, check it out. Check it out. Even if you don't want to go in the hop yard, they still have the bottles available as far as I know for now. Yeah. And they, so, they, they do beer to go. I'm pretty much, I'm sure it's like seven days a week. Seven days a week. Yeah. So. All day or day. Pick it up. Yeah. Shall we move on to some pop culture news? I suppose. You got anything? Um, kind of. It's very short, but I was amused when I read it. So, <laughs> uh, so happy birthday to Alex Trebek. Host of Jeopardy, obviously. Um, Who turns 80 today as we were recording this. The show is currently preparing to resume production in September with all the proper health and safety and social distancing guidelines in place. Um, But there is no set air date for those new episodes yet. But... It's awesome that despite his recent health problems and he's still treating his the pancreatic cancer, Trebek has no plans to go anywhere. And it sounds like the network is being very mindful of his physical limitations when they are scheduling the filming. Mm-hmm. That being said, when asked in an interview who he would choose to succeed him as a host, Trebek said, "Uh, it's probably going to be a woman, somebody younger, somebody bright, somebody personable, somebody with a great sense of humor. So I nominate Betty White. <laughs> oh, Betty. Yeah. Because she's going to outlive all of us. God willing. Right? <laughs> it, oh, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that was all. Happy birthday, Alec. What is happy birthday? I'm sorry. You've got that wrong. You have to say it in the form of a question. <laughs> <laughs> what is an octogenarian? <laughs> All right, I guess it's uh, my turn to deliver some news. Pour out some more of my fancy beer. So I got a couple things. First and foremost, if you didn't already know, this week is the official start. Actually, today, as we record this Wednesday of this week, and this comes out on Friday, so it'll already be going on for two days, is San Diego Comic-Con, the biggest comic convention in the world, is happening right now in the palm of your hands, on your laptop, on your TV. It is free to watch all the panels this year from the comfort of your own home. Which uh, is awesome because we've always wanted to go. Absolutely. No booking hotels, no flying across the country, no yeah. long lines, no sweaty nerds. <laughs> I'm one Packed of them, so shoulder right. to shoulder. Uh, 
I mean, that's part of the experience. So unfortunately, there's no cosplaying people. There's no cool costumes and stuff. There mm-hmm. is still cool Comic-Con swag that you can get. And I'm not sure exactly how it works. I believe that they are introducing things um, in between panels and then things become available online and you have to get in, obviously, to try to get it as quick as you can. Oh, okay. I've seen so a couple of cool is, Star okay. Wars things and Funko Pops. So they're mm-hmm. still selling all that cool exclusive merch. So keep your eye on the web pages while you can. I'm sure Comic-Con's official web page will show it. Mm-hmm. You can watch it there. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on IGN actually has an exclusive deal with them as well. Oh. Where you can watch it on their websites and the full schedule for all the panels are on there. For instance, today is Wednesday. There are a couple panels, nothing too absolutely crazy this week. Um, So how long does it go if it starts today? It's just like any other Comic-Con. So it's going to start today and it's going to run through Sunday. Okay. So today there's a couple of different panels. Um, Keep in mind all the times I'm going to give you our Pacific Standard Time. Because that's how it's listed because it's a San Diego show. So obviously adjust for your time zone. So there's a couple of like, obviously the pre-show, there's a Watchmen and the Cruelty of Masks and people discussing how masks used in HBO's Watchmen kind of mirror our world now Hmm. with COVID-19 and all that kind of stuff. Preview night post-show. So today is pretty much just a, hey, welcome to Comic-Con kind of show. Okay. Tomorrow between for an hour, 20 minutes, the very first panel is going to be Star Trek Universe virtual panel where they talk about Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek The Lower Decks cartoon show coming out, and Star Trek Picard. So, I know what you're doing tomorrow. It's three o'clock our time on the East Coast, so uh, I am absolutely watching that. I'll be at work. Oh no, that's 12 o'clock our time tomorrow. Then there's something about Funko Collectibles after that, which is obviously might be the only period you get where you can buy your stuff. A couple of things about toys. I'm just going to go with the ones that I think are really, like these really interesting uh, tell me more. Ones. Tell me more. <laughs> At one o'clock Pacific Standard is Amazon Prime Videos showcasing Utopia, which is an eight episode uh, show that they're coming out with that stars John John Cusack and Rain Wilson. It's a sci fi tinge uh, show about comic book people. <laughs> uh, then at two o'clock, there's a New Mutants panel for the movie that's been delayed for a thousand years. Uh, that stars Maisie Williams, Anna Taylor Joy, Charlie Heaton. This movie was supposed to come out like 80 years ago. Oh. And it's still, who knows when it's going to come out. But they're doing a panel about it. I actually saw a really funny, uh, spoilery meme today that I was going to show you about all the movies that are being delayed. But it's in the form of, I'm assuming, Avengers Endgame when Thanos kills everyone. And it's just, he is labeled COVID-19. Or like COVID-19 delays and all the superheroes coming at him are labeled as the movies. That oh, are so being they're all getting <laughs> delayed. Awesome. That's pretty much the truth. Yeah. Well, New Mutants, COVID's not delayed New Mutants. Everything's delaying New Mutants. It's been delayed oh. so many times. <laughs> at three o'clock is the boys season two panel, which I'm Ooh. really excited for. So I'll be watching that maybe. So season two, The Boys, my favorite show from last year. I'm really excited for it. So I'm definitely watching that panel. Uh, Bugs Bunny's 80th anniversary extravaganza is going to be from 4 to 4.43. So there's going to be a whole bunch of talent that has voiced or animated Looney Tunes and Tiny Toons and all these great things. Just talking about the history of Bugs Bunny and its resurgence now on HBO Max. Which we Uh, mentioned a few episodes ago. Yvette Nicole Brown from Community, Mm -hmm. who I know we love, is going to be moderating that panel. That's nice. <laughs> uh, then there's going to be a Mystery Science Theater 3000 panel at 6 o'clock. Then some post-show stuff. And then the next day, to look on at July 24th now, 
Charlize Theron, Evolution of a Badass at 10 a.m. It's going to talk about her career and her switching to action movies and her fight choreography and stuff like mm-hmm. that. There's going to be a interview with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and the directors of the new po- Project Power movie that's coming out on Netflix that stars Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon- oh, yeah. Gordon-Levitt. Did you see that trailer yet? I have not seen the trailer yet. It's pretty good. At 12 o'clock Pacific Standard, there's going to be Lucasfilm Lucasfilm publishing stories from a galaxy far, far away, which will probably talk a lot about their new initiative uh, about the New Republic or the New Old Republic or whatever they call it. The golden days of the Jedi, the Mm -hmm. whole new series that takes place 100 years before Obi-Wan. So they'll probably talk a lot about that and all their new publishing ventures. Then their Walking Dead panel at one o'clock for all you... I don't know, Deadheads? What do they call them? I don't know. I don't care. I don't watch the show. And actually, after that, there's a Walking Dead, The World Beyond, which talks about all their different Walking Dead universe stuff. So that starts at 1 and runs until 2.48 of Walking Dead stuff, I guess. Then Cyberpunk Collectibles. So maybe that's where you get your Cyberpunk stuff. Then at 5 o'clock is an Archer panel, which I'm definitely watching. Nice. And then another interview after that. Binging that again, or re-binging. Rewatching all of it. And then we got Saturday. There's a Cosmos one. There's a Constantine 15th anniversary reunion at 12 o'clock, which makes me feel really old, where Keanu Reeves, director Francis Lawrence, and producer Akiva Goldsman are going to reflect on making the 2005 comics adaptation. And I'm really excited about that because A, I love Keanu Reeves. B, I really like the Constantine film. Mm -hmm. Shameless plug, we did that on Forgotten Cinema. Go check (laughs) it out. And I'm hoping they maybe announce a, like, hey, I'm going to be in a movie. Like, maybe an actual movie new Constantine movie or is going to be appear in another movie, but we'll see what happens. Then at two o'clock, if anybody still likes family guy out there, they're going to actually <laughs> do a live reading of family guide, which is kind of cool. I kind uh, of want to watch that bill and Ted face to music at three o'clock, which I'm really excited about Simpsons at three 43 HBO's Lovecraft country, which looks like a really cool show. There's a panel for that at four o'clock. What we do in the shadows after that. Nice. So season three, season three for what okay. we do in the shadows, July 26th, Starts with a panel on hoops, which I guess is a new Netflix show, and then more hoops, and then more Looney Tunes stuff at one. Yeah, Sunday looks a little little light on good stuff, but again, all this is free. You can watch it whenever. I know it's maybe not as, as many exciting announcements as you usually get during Comic-Con, but it's pretty cool that you get to see all these panels for free. Now, yeah. I am not sure if they are recorded. If you miss the panels, do you get to rewatch them? That I don't know. Oh, that is a good question because there's there's a few listed that I would really like to see, but I me guess too. We'll, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see what goes on. But check it out, Comic Con looks really really neat. Yeah, and this is Being probably a very unique streams. opportunity for most of us who are unable to travel. Um, you know, during the normal times <laughs> to California to be able to experience San Diego Comic Con, we're lucky enough to be local enough to do New York Comic Con several times now. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people, you know, the, who don't have anywhere to go or people live in Utah to experience this. Yeah, so <laughs> too far away from either place. Take advantage while you can. I mean, I I take it. I think it's kind of akin to like E3 which until recently did not allow the public in, but always showcase stuff online. Mm-hmm. So you could always watch these big panels and reveals online during this whole show. So granted, none of these reveals are are super exciting unless they're surprise panels that we don't know about, but it's still pretty cool to be able to view them from home and yeah. check them out and not have to search for some garbled up videos from your cell phone to try to watch from somebody's cell phone who like snuck it in and yeah. recorded something. So that's pretty neat. 
And with any luck, we will have something new and exciting to talk about next week. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that would be? Beer. Beer is exciting. Beer is exciting. As he takes a giant swig. Well, not giant. <sighs> this is not a chugging beer by any means. Yeah, this no, is something uh, you enjoy. Cannot chug this beer. <laughs> so what are we drinking again? Uh, well, I was sipping very gentlemanly on <laughs> an Area 2 Second Life Sour Beer. Very nice. Very delicious. Mm -hmm. Limited edition. Get yours while you can. Area 2 Brewing located in Stratford, Connecticut. Very good. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on Kraken One Open. Dot com. That's right. We got a webpage, y'all. <laughs> or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Kraken One Open, or shoot us an email at KrakenOneOpen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions of a beer you want to hear us talk about. You uh you got any plugs? Well, That's a stupid question. I know you have plugs. Cracker One Open <laughs> happens to be part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. And I happen to be on two other shows in the Forgotten Entertainment family. I've got Forgotten Cinema that I do with my buddy Mike Field. It's a podcast about films that for whatever reason seem to be forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We discuss what we love about it, maybe what we don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. Throughout the episode, we'll give you fun facts about its production, our thoughts, why it was forgotten, Forgotten Cinema every Wednesday. Check it out, ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Also got Two Player Bros I do with my buddy Dave. It's a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave where we talk about a new video game every other week. We do a deep dive into it. We review it. It could be uh, your favorite game from the past or the newest, awesomest release where we have done a deep dive, how it was made, or some fun facts about its production and what we thought of the game. Every other week, we're going to do a news episode where we tell you the latest goings on in all things video games from PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, PC, VR. We have it all. We play it all. We cover it all. That's every Thursday at twoplayerbros.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Nice. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Riker. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.